You're listening to the Performance Group Podcast, a place to listen, learn, and get to know the unseen heroes of our local community. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Sean Kirby, and on the Performance Group Podcast, we make it our mission to learn from those around us and shed light on our local community. If you're new to the show, we have spoken to business leaders, community, organizers, friends, and family. And before we jump in today, I hope to ask you for a favor. If you could please just take one second to hit subscribe and share our posts. It would mean a whole lot to me, our team here at the Performance Group, and our amazing guests on today's show. What is your morning routine? What would I My morning routine. Well, it's changed over the years, but I feel like I read my miracle morning and it just opened my eyes to where I was like, okay, I need more routine in my life. So now I get up, I drink a smoothie, I read my book, I meditate. Um, I know that sounds like, oh, okay, you make it sound so easy, but it's really just having that consistency, I think. And I used to be the type where I would be like, okay, I'm getting up at 5 a.m. I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. But then that's just not realistic for me and for my life. And so I just really simplified my morning routine. I'll journal. I will just have moment of silence where I just, you know, focus on my work and my vision and what I want to accomplish for the day. And that for me, just starting off my morning with my just being with myself is so huge to where I'm not reacting to the day but I'm like more in control of my day and I have my ducks in a row because I'm like I've taken care of my mindset I've taken care of you know my health I've taken care of what is a priority to me so then I can go the rest of the day knowing I got it done I got done what's getting me on track for the day it's kind of like the um the the book uh, make your bed have yes. You yep. I've read if that. You make your bed, then at least yeah. complete what your first yeah. task. I always make my bed every morning. So do I. Ever since we, I read the book. Um, yeah. So I was up this morning. So Casey got up for work at four, mm-hmm. and then she leaves because she has to be there by six. And um, as soon as she walked out of the door, Poppy woke up crying. Yeah. So how do I? How do I have a miracle morning if someone's screaming in my face? So I would say get get her situated. Put her in front of the TV. No. No, just get her get her situated. You know, I think that you can you can just if she needs to be fed, you can feed her. If you're just holding her, grab a book and read while you're holding her. You know what I mean? But if you're just not in that space to be like, okay, I I don't want to read a book right now, then you can just turn on a podcast or listen to a meditation. I have a meditation app, Superhuman, that I'm always listening to when I'm getting ready because I'm like, I I work the best, like kind of compressing everything. I I habit stack, which is from a book called Atomic Habits. So I'm always habit stacking. So when I'm doing one thing, I try to do another. So you could listen to a podcast. You could listen to an audio book. You can still turn, turn it around. I mean, it's not too late to turn it around, but it's also just being like, okay, this is my situation today. doesn't have to look like that tomorrow, but today this is, she woke up and now this is how I'm going to deal with it. I think that's instead of letting it derail you, you can't let it derail you or then your whole day is just going to go to crap. You know, 15 minutes late to everything today. Yeah. I kind of blame that because I put her back down. Ruby woke up immediately. I made her lay down in bed. I woke up. I had to be at eight 30. Uh-huh. I had to get the kids dropped off first. 
it's just sometimes I, you just have to be like, oh, okay, this is how today is gonna go. But instead of just being grumpy and being annoyed, I'm gonna turn on some music even and we're just going to rock it out because tomorrow's going to be different. And so you have to just take each day and not take it so seriously. I don't, I don't take my life so seriously to where I'm like, everything is the same heaviness. I'm like, Oh, okay. Like my daughter woke up in a bad mood. I'm going to turn, I'm going to turn it around or just not let it impact the rest of my day. So just taking a moment for what it is and not what you think it should be, I think is the key. Have you always been that way? No. <laughs> what changed? Um, really getting into personal development, I think. I mean, personal development is, is what has changed my whole life. Um, I was always just a very reactive person. I mean, everything. I Everything was a big deal. Everything was uh, the same amount of heaviness. But just learning that, I think the biggest thing is learning that it's happening for me, not to me is really the biggest thing, but then just not taking everything so serious. I used to just label everything as this heaviness and this seriousness where I'm like, um, it's actually not, it's not that deep, you know? And so personal growth has really helped me with determining what is the priority, like what is the priority at the end of the day? Like I want to go to bed tonight and be like, I did the best I could today. Instead of beating myself up, even when I drop the ball, because you're like always juggling all of these things and you're going to drop the ball in something every day, whether it's family, whether it's business, whether it's your health, whatever it is. But then tomorrow you, my, my rule, here's my rule. You cannot drop the same ball twice in a row. So if you drop the family ball today, tomorrow, that's your priority. If you drop the business ball today, tomorrow, that's your priority. Same same thing with every area that makes up your life. Don't drop the same ball twice. That's kind of how I live. I think that's a good way of putting it. I, I don't, I've never actually heard it, you know, said that way. Don't drop the same ball twice. Um, because then, you know, people, I'll try to say this nicely. People, it they always end up skewed personality-wise, right? Yeah. I, I'm either all this guy or I'm all that guy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but it's hard to be both, and you always beat yourself up which direction you're pulled. So mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah. So um, now that we're five minutes and 43 seconds into this, I want to go ahead and take a quick second to um, introduce you yeah. uh, for those people who are like, why are we talking about the Miracle Morning? Mm-hmm. Um, so everybody, hi. So Hello. I'm joined today by Miss uh, Alyssa Marie Alsup. Um Alyssa is a Pendleton person, even though she would hate to tell people that. <laughs> no, um, no hate, no, no hate, no hate. Um, it's, you know, it's a quaint little town, so she's happy to be back. But um, she is, she is um, a wonderful human being who has built a personal brand and multiple businesses, an entrepreneur, um, a self development guru. Um, the whole reason that we we're talking about her Miracle Morning is I pulled up her website. And um, her little pop-up said, unlock my morning routine. Yeah. So I didn't want to turn turn my stuff into her CRM, so I just asked her in person. <laughs> I didn't want to give up my personal information. Give me your info. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, um, Alyssa, thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Me too. It's always interesting coming back to Pendleton, growing up here, and I'm, I'm happy to be here. Do you think it's a little town, a little quaint town, compared to where you are in life now? Yeah, I think so. I mean, this is the town that kind of molded who I am. And I look back and I'm like, wow, I was driving around when I first got here. And I was like, there are just so many memories, good and bad, but it just has shaped me 
in ways that I always say if I were to write a book, I would probably lock myself in a coffee shop in Pendleton. There you go. Because it just stirs everything up. What would be the title of that book? I don't have a title. I don't know. I don't know if it'd be about life and business or maybe a little bit of both. Yeah. So it looks like um, the the first thing that's actually on your website says helping women step into their light. Yes. Why? What does that mean to you? That means to me just really creating a community where women can feel like they're enough and that they have something to offer, whether that is just leading in their homes or leading in business or leading in, you know, whatever area of their life. Um, I'm, I'm so passionate about helping them kind of uncover the goodness that we tend to just kind of cover up just because of things that we go through or life that happens or not feeling good enough, not having the confidence. So my goal and my focus is always helping women just kind of uncover that little by little, by getting uncomfortable, by growth, by, you know, emerging their self in whatever area they feel like they need to grow in. Um, so that is kind of why we chose that tagline is because I'm like, it is just so cool watching women knowing where I came from and watching just, you know, my transformation and then turning around. And my, my goal now is to impact as many women as I can and help them step into that, that light as well for themselves. I think that's awesome. Yeah. I think, um, and again, as a white guy, I'm sure this is easy for me to say <laughs> about women, but I, 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 I feel like outside looking in, there's a lot of women that always put themselves last. Sure. Um, naturally empathetic human beings that care about their kids, their families and yeah. all that. So they always put themselves last. And this gives them an opportunity to put themselves first and say, what do I want to be? And it's hard and scary. Oh, it's very scary. I always think, I really think of my daughter, she's she's 11, almost 12. And I just think of, you know, I want her to look back and just to be able to look at me and be like, my mom went for it. Like my mom even she's, she has seen me fail and fail and fail and fail, but she sees me get up. And that's the biggest thing is like, what impact am I making? If I'm showing her that she always has to put herself last, you know? And so, I mean, there are sacrifices you're always going to be making. That's just life. But me showing up and me putting my dreams and my goals and my vision out there is showing her that that's important, that that's a priority. And she knows, I mean, she knows how hard I work. She knows when I'm unavailable to do specific things. I make sacrifices every day, but I know that I'm teaching her something so valuable that hopefully she'll teach to her children one day, you know? Yeah, so... If you were to look back at your, maybe it's your 12-year-old self, right? Mm-hmm. Go back to put yourself in your daughter's shoes. Yeah. Where were you? I mean, mentally, were you in, you're obviously a much um, much more knowledgeable, seasoned, experienced person who has sure. lived a lot of lives. Yeah. Um, where were you? Where was your mindset? When I was. 12, just getting I, out of school. Oh my right? god. 12 to 18, you were in high school, you were trying to break so. out of a small town. <laughs> I was ready to get out of this town. Um, I, you know, looking back, I really was, I always knew that I wasn't like the average person and not that I was better. I never think and thought I was better than anybody. Above average. I just knew like, 
this makes no sense to me. Like going to school made no sense to me. I barely graduated high school because I missed so much school because I was like, this just doesn't make sense. Like, why am I, why am I here? Why am I going here? You know, um, same thing with like friend groups. Like I would be hanging out with a group of friends and I would be like, why am, what am I doing? You know? Um, so I really feel like I've always been kind of just thinking outside of the norm. Um, I don't know that I, having my daughter, I had her right out of high school. Um, I got pregnant a couple months after I graduated and I, I never went to college except for like a semester. So I was teen mom, college dropout. Um, and I was like, okay, I gotta, I gotta figure this out. My mindset was, was so poor. I was, I'm, I was poor. I had $5 to my name and I just always was very negative. I think I was just like, what's the point of any of this? I don't even know, but I knew that there was something somewhere that I would feel connected to, or at least I hoped there would be because college wasn't for me. And, you know, I always just was a writer and I wanted, I would have loved to be a magazine editor. That was like a goal of mine. But then I'm like, I don't want to go to college. I don't want to do, I don't want to do that. And so for me, I would say, I was really all over the place. Um, I really struggled mentally. My parents got divorced my senior year of high school. And um, I got pregnant shortly after that. And I was like, oh, I can't catch a break. You know, I was working three jobs and I was so exhausted. And um, I was like, there's just got to be more. And I didn't know what that was. Jeez Louise. Yeah. So uh, what was the, I'm I'm sure there was a, a, oh shit moment. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, when, when you found out you were pregnant, mm-hmm. was that the pivotal moment or was, you know, was it three months after having the baby? You're just like, <laughs> oh my goodness, what do we do now? So I think that getting pregnant with Harper was, I mean, the greatest blessing of my life. And it actually wasn't the, like the hit the floor moment. You know, it wasn't my ground zero. My ground zero was when she was a little bit older, um, working multiple jobs, having no, I mean, when I say I had $5, um, I actually have a bank statement from that time in my life. And it was like $3 and 86 cents to my name. That was it. That's all I had. That for me was the moment where I was like, I, that was all the motivation I needed was like, I'm in, I'm taking care of a child. I have to, I have to do better. I have to be better. And that was when I launched my business. So, um, how, speaking of your business, obviously, you know, I think a lot of people, whether they're watching today or they follow you online, they probably know of you from your original kind of like business venture. How'd you get into, you know, it works. (laughs) Gosh, I got into it works, um, from seeing it on a Facebook, Facebook page. What year Um, was that? That was in 2014. Okay. 2014. Um, I was just scrolling and I had a girlfriend who was doing it and it was, it really started impacting her life and it was a business model that I was familiar with. I remember when I was a senior in high school, I told you, I'm like, I've always been like, what more is there out there? I went to an opportunity meeting for another network marketing company, having no clue what network marketing was, but I was like, okay, let's see what this is about. And so when she started this, it was a business model that I already had understood because I went to a meeting previously. And so I was like, man, she's killing it. She's doing so good. Um, and it like the, Thoughts of like, can I do this? Will I be any good? Like, honestly, didn't even cross my mind because like I had nothing to lose. 
nothing. And so I sold a jewelry box on a local garage sale site and I launched my business with that money. And I was like, it's, it ends here. Like it ends today, April 9th. 2014. I was sitting in my 800 square foot apartment with $3.86 to my name, living on food stamps. And I will never forget, I was just sitting on my living room floor and I was like, it can only get better from here. So, so you start your business yeah, and you got no money in your name and you're just (laughs) trying to figure it out and you have an opportunity. Yeah. Um, why do you think you were successful? I was successful. I am successful because I, there's really no other option for me. There's just not like being average. Isn't like, that's just not an option for me. And it's, and I had to make that decision. So I want to say like my success didn't happen because I got lucky or because I got in at the right time. You hear that a lot in network marketing. My success happened because I was working 20 hours a day building this. And I worked 20 hours a day for, I hit the highest rank in the company in two years. And that's something like I'm proud of because most people, like if you were to trade places with me, most people wouldn't do that. And it's not that you don't have to work that much to be successful in a business like this, but I was so desperate to net, like to just change my family tree forever. I think it was just desperation was my motivation, truly. And I was like, this, I have to change, you know, the trajectory of my life, of Harper's life. I have to. And so I just, I, I stayed committed and I made a decision and I went all in and I failed every step of the way. I'm still failing now, but I'm like, okay, I know where I'm going though. Like my, my mindset is so clear. My vision, I really focus on and just really make sure that like my values are lined up, that what I'm working towards is lined up. That's how I'm successful. And I always have a roadmap in front of me. So I'm, I know where I'm going. I'm always a student. There was so much I didn't know that I've learned, but I was committed to learning. So when I say go all in, not just your work ethic, but I went all in with knowing I didn't know it all. Like I still know I don't know it all. I'm always like, teach me. I want to learn. I like emerge myself in things I want to get better at. And so that for me was how to build a business like this was like how bringing in women and teaching them to do the same thing. It, it stopped becoming about me the day that I joined. The day I said yes, it was never about me again. It was about how many other women can I pull up and do this with me. And that's where the impact really began. So um, for those people who don't understand network marketing or they only yeah. see it from the outside in, sure. right? um, I'm one of those, mm-hmm. I have been one of those. I don't know much about it, but yeah. um, everybody calls it a scam. Always. Right. So, sure. and that's just being blunt, right? Yeah. People call it a yeah. scam. They say this is a pyramid scheme. Um, you know, whatever you're selling is snake oil, mm-hmm. right? Um, sure. How do you combat that? <laughs> um, because that's. Yeah. There's nothing like um, building something, putting 20 hours of your time into it and having everyone around yeah. you say, this is horseshit. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. Why are you doing this? This is not, this you is know, not rational, there, right? I will say there definitely are companies that are scams, 100%. So a scam normally in network marketing, they, there's no product. So that's when it is a, a complete pyramid scheme. It yeah, they is just a take scheme. your initial... Yeah, there's no product, like they're not selling anything. But with what I do, it's like going to the grocery store and buying whatever you buy off of a shelf. 
except you're buying it from me. That's e-commerce, right? Yeah. And so I'm like, I mean, I, I understand because I mean, especially getting started back then there were more scams than anything. And people really just didn't, they weren't familiarized with the business model. Social was still pretty new. Yeah, it was very new. And that's why like, I feel like my business really took off when social kind of took off too. You know, it was just kind of the mixture of everything. Um, but I used to get so offended when people would be like, you're like, you're just scamming people or whatever. I truly would get so offended. But then I was like, I, I can't be offended when they're just not educated of the business model, you know? And so I stopped just, I stopped getting offended because I'm like, that does nothing to me. I have nothing to prove to anybody. Yeah. And I'm just... And I, I, I try to understand that because I'm like, listen, I get it. Like there are scams out there or people do it the, the wrong way. So it just leaves a bad taste in your mouth. I think that's one of the biggest things is like, there are people who do it the wrong way. I have done it the wrong. Like I used to be like in your inbox, like super spammy. I did that, but I'm like, okay, I, now I know better when you know better, you do better. And so I think that the business model as a whole if someone truly understood it, just especially someone who's just knowledgeable in business, you're like, wow, it's an opportunity. I mean, it's a billion, 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 multi-billion dollar industry, right? And so you have to have the right product. You have to be aligned with the right company. You truly do. I mean, that makes or breaks it for you. Um, but I don't really explain myself to anybody anymore because I'm like, you you own your business. Like you have, you have a business. It's successful. And and I'm not sitting here going, it's a scam, da, da, da. But I'm like, oh, I just don't understand what you, what, how you do things. That doesn't make it wrong or right. It just means I'm uneducated. And so I really don't, I don't get offended when, when someone says that anymore because I'm like, the proof is in the pudding. And I used to be like, um, like your opinion doesn't pay my bills or whatever. Like that's just like an old saying. And, but I'm just like, truly, I mean, for people like me and, and a lot of people too will join and not be successful. And so that just like, people will be like, ha, like I told you it wouldn't work or I told you this or that, but really it's, it's a very, you really have to be disciplined in network marketing. You have to be so disciplined. You have to be organized. You have to be, um, uncomfortable. You have to be, you have to be all of these things, I mean, that you do the same thing in your business, you know, but, but some people don't want to do that. They don't want to put that work in or they, they take their foot off the gas too quickly to really reap the benefits because it's a compound effect. It's a momentum game. For sure. 100%. And so I'm like, there are definitely people who try and fail. And I mean, it isn't for, it is not for everybody. Like I don't just sign anybody and everybody. And there are people I'm still bringing on onboarding today who do, they do nothing with it, but that's not on the company and it's not on the industry. It's not on me. It's, they're just not aligned to it and that's okay. So how would you say social media has impacted maybe the, um, you know, your growth and kind of the strategy mm -hmm. you've had in it. Yeah. And even some of the success, like we talked about, you know, it all kind of happened at the same time. Yeah, it did definitely happen at the same time. Again, I think it comes back to consistency and visibility. I stay visible even still today. I try to be visible every single day. I show up, you see my face, you see a post, you see a story, you see a reel, a TikTok. Visibility is the key. And that's just, that's an anything you're building when it comes to 
building online, you know, I really think that my community and my following was built when I continued showing up. But when I showed up, just being who I am, because sometimes we try to build a brand on what we think people want us to be when really it's just like, no, this is who I am. And, and I think when I started showing up and being like, this is me, that is really when I started to create that community and that following. Um, how long did it take you to kind of decide to do that? Oh gosh. Um, probably a couple of years. Um, I think that having my success gave me an opportunity to, to grow that even more to where I could, you know, hire a coach or join a mastermind or have just a mentor I could go fly down and meet up with. So really just having that kind of emerging myself with people who were doing what I wanted to do, that's been the biggest thing. Yeah. I think there's a lot of things to be said about someone who's already done it. Yeah. Um, and paid coaching and paid masterminds, Again, go back to people call that snake oil again. Yeah. Right? Nobody wants to pay for access. Yeah. Um, I think that's such a misunderstood piece of business that I think it's I think it's poor man thinking is like what I would call it. Yeah. It's like abundance versus, you know, trying to hold on to every dollar. Well, yeah, and think of like you're paying you're paying for a book, but did you even read the like did you even read the book? Did you even you know, like we were talking about that earlier. Like, are you really going to follow through? I think the follow through is the biggest part. And for me, I am very consistent. I'm very driven. I don't need, I don't need somebody to motivate me, but I personally, I need community. I need to know I'm not alone in dreamland because I'm, I'm a big dreamer. I'm a big visionary. And when I'm surrounded by other people in my industry and outside who are just hungry for more, hungry for growth, that's when I thrive the most and I can turn around and it, it kind of input that into my business, into my team, into my women, the women I work with. And then from there, things flourish. So having that community and a mastermind or in coaching and turning around, that's where the magic happens. I couldn't, I could never, ever, ever do it on my own. There's absolutely no way. I have mentors, I have coaches, I have groups of people in my industry and out that I'm always leaning on, growing from, learning from. And I think that's the key. I could never do it by myself. We're not meant to do things like this alone. Yeah. And I think it's, um, you know, building out your community is one of the hardest things online. Yeah. Um, I've always found once you put something out there, you feel obligated because you're scared to fail, not for yourself anymore, sure. but because you told somebody else you're going to do it. Sure. Um, I, I think the, the community, especially you've built a following of at least 66,000 people on Instagram at this point. Yeah. Um, you know, last thing you want to do is let them down or mm. let them know that maybe it's all a house of cards. That's how I always feel. It's, last thing I want sure. people to know is I don't know what I'm doing. Sure. Because that's how I feel all the time. Yeah. People oh, like, same thing. I feel like <laughs> I have no idea what I'm doing all the time. Yeah. But I think, too, um, that kind of just you have to remember is that you don't just because people are following you doesn't mean that you necessarily owe them yeah. all all that you owe them is for you to just be yourself and by showing up and being like hi i don't know everything or that i'm doing or or just sharing one thing i love doing is sharing an area that i really want to grow in that i don't know everything about because i don't want people to come to my page and be like she knows everything about everything she's perfect she's this she's that and social media makes it so easy for us to believe that about other people i mean there are people i follow or have had to unfollow because i'm like 
it's too perfect. I, yeah, I can't, I, I can't keep up with that. And so I think that's the biggest thing is, um, not feeling like you have to be perfect. Like just show up, let them know when you're having a hard day. And, and I try to keep things very positive, but I'm like, this is what I'm struggling with or, or, you know, like co-parenting. I don't have my daughter and I struggle when I don't have her, but this is what I'm doing to get better. You know, things like that. I think I'm always looking for, um, a solution. I'm very solution driven. And so that is something that you'll learn from following me. And so what do you have to offer that people can learn from, or what area do you want to grow in that someone can learn from and just show up and be like, I'm really imperfect in this area, but here's what I'm reading. Here's what I'm doing to get better in it. I think that's the key. Yeah, I think admitting you're human is always important. Yes. Otherwise, you scroll through Instagram, and I I don't follow people like that, but Casey, sure. my wife, does. Yeah. And um, I I think it sets unrealistic you know, goals and aspirations. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah. knowing that people are human makes, makes it a lot easier. Yes. So when you and I talked on the phone last week, we talked about um, with your um, people that follow you or some of the girls that you work with, mm-hmm. you talk about the four pillars, right? Yeah. Of building your social profile. Can you kind sure. of expand on that? Yeah, I would love to. So really when it comes to building a brand, a lot of people now, um, I mean, I am my brand, you know, so I, I do share makeup and I share all of these things. But when you think of my name, you think of my brand. And so that's mostly the goal for most people. So when it comes to building your brand, you would have think of what makes you, you, like if we, like I told you, if we sat down over coffee, what would you talk about? Like the entire time you would talk about your business. You would talk about your family. You would talk about the things that you feel passionate about. And based off of those, most people have like three to five main pillars, which your pillar is like what makes you who you are from there. Each pillar kind of it's like a spider web of, of other things based in that category of, you know, what you can talk about. And if you just grab a piece of paper and you write down your pillars and then under that, write down bullet points from those pillars and kind of dissect it all the way down, look at all of the content you could create. Look at all of the podcast topics you could talk about, all of the videos that you could create, the TikToks, the reels, but just identifying those things And having it somewhere where you can see it every day because you're going to get distracted and you can't let what other people are doing derail you. Or like sometimes people will be, they'll kind of portray this brand of themselves, which is who they are. They're, they're focused on their pillars, but based on their pillars, we feel like we need to do like what they're doing. And so we lose sight of what's important to us. And that's when we really have imposter syndrome kick in is when we're trying to be somebody that we're not because of what someone else is doing. So if you have your pillars in front of you, you'll be able to be like, okay, I know what I need to focus on. I know what content I need to, to provide because their your pillars are going to be different. Yours are different from mine, right? Yours are different from Susie down the street. Like we're all, we're not the same. We're not supposed to be the same, but you can see on social media, so many people, there's so many people who seem like they're all the same people. Like there are girls I follow and I'm like, they're, they're all the same, but but they're not. I know they're not. I know I'm different too, right? And so it's like getting in your own lane and staying focused on that is going to be the key. But taking the time, I mean, it'll take you 30 minutes to just sit down and be like, okay, who am I? What makes me me? If I was sitting down over coffee with Alyssa or with Sean, what am I going to talk about? And that's your pillars. And from there, the content is endless. 
So talk about putting yourself out there content wise, because like yeah. you and I both know when it comes to sales, mm-hmm. I'll just call it sales, not even social selling. Yeah. Um, the reason you were in DMs is because you weren't to the content phase. Yeah. You didn't have the education to sell, mm-hmm. right? I, I, until I know that you just needed more education, I was in your, your DM saying, hey, do you want you know, a skinny tea, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> or whatever it is, right? So, yes. but that was, but you, you, you did it for 20 hours because you had to get the first paychecks rolling in. Yeah, yeah. Um, so talk about how you transitioned from, you know, that cold, selling mm-hmm. tactic mm-hmm. to true social sales. And I think that's yeah. where our society's heading. Inviting people, just inviting people in, inviting people into my life, inviting people into community. I think um, one of the biggest things is just being relatable, being relatable in a way that, I mean, sharing my story, I think has been the biggest thing. Casting a vision. I am endlessly casting a vision for where I'm going and what I'm doing. And that's inviting people in to be a part of that, right? We're always, we're like, I mean, if you're on social, you're in the business of storytelling. And I want you to write that down because write it down on top of your pillar chart because we're storytellers and storytelling is what is going to get people engaged. It's going to make them Like I could tell you a story about the mom that I just sold makeup to who finally for the first time in a long time because she's been putting herself last and now she's putting on makeup and she's feeling so confident and she's like, what's next? Like, what else can I do? Maybe she, after that, she's feeling good enough to start listening to a podcast or to grab a book and to really dive into that. And so that makes you be like, oh, maybe I need the makeup too. Like that is just inviting people in and telling a story. But I think that stories are what sell. And yeah, I think, I think that's great because, um, a lot of people are scared of the first post. Oh, for sure. Um, what would you say to somebody who's, and I I would say this because we talked about it earlier. If I were to build a podcast studio and I put something on my Instagram, I said, Mm -hmm. if you could start a podcast, would you? I had 25 people say yes yeah. and nobody say no. Yeah. And then on the next one was a question. It said, why haven't you? Mm. And no one sent me a message. Mm-hmm. And that's because they didn't have a good answer mm-hmm. or they didn't want to talk to me. But yeah. nonetheless, it's, well, why, why haven't I started one? Yeah. Yeah. Right. It, that's that the inaction seems to be more popular. Well, it's easier. It's scary. It's so much easier to be like, here's what I want to do. Action is terrifying. And I really, I follow the five second rule, which is a book by Mel Robbins. And that's not a food rule. Nope. Five second rule. It changed my life. But looking at it as like, I mean, what do you have to lose? And sometimes I know that's, I know that's easier said than done because a lot of people are worried about their ego when you're making a decision, like putting yourself out there, you have to put your ego at bay. You just do. You have to put your ego to the side and be like, what do I, what do I really have to lose? Like there's a, there's a quote I always read and it's like, but did you die? Yeah. And so I'm like, oh, okay. But did you die? Like you put yourself out there, but did you die? Right. And so I think that you have to, again, just look at it as like, where am I going to be? I always think of like the three, three, three rule. Like what is, what is this going to do for me? If I just go for it in three weeks, three months, three years, like if I just say yes and I five, four, three, two, one, five second rule it. And I just go for it and I post it. And like, I just, that's the hardest part 
is putting up that first initial post. Like, hi, I'm launching a podcast. And then like, put your phone away, like just throw it away, throw it over to the couch. Right. But it's like, okay, once you do that, it's almost like people are more afraid of the accountability after that than what they are to actually post it. So really getting clear on like, am I really afraid to just go for it? Or what is the fear behind not going for it? What am I really scared of? Am I scared of what people are going to think? Am I scared of failure? Am I scared of success? Most people are either scared of failing or of success, but normally it's of success. Some people are terrified of success because that's just more accountability. And so you have to really identify, you know, what is, what's the lying factor of why I'm not doing it? And there's always something there and that's okay. That's, that's for anybody. That's for everybody, for you, for me, we've been there. We've experienced that. I still have moments like that where I'm like, okay, I am just like, I need to get to the bottom of this thought, whatever thought it is, like whatever negative thought that kind of crosses my mind. I'm like, I need to get to the bottom of it because there's something inside that is causing me not to take action. And so I know action is scary, but normally it's something underlying that's really paralyzing you. And it could be multiple things, but here's the thing, whether it's the fear of someone judging you or someone looking at you differently. I mean, if you ask yourself three years from now, are you, are you really going to look back and be like, I didn't do X, Y, and Z because Cody was judging me or because Carrie made a Facebook post about me and she was making fun of me. But it's like, okay, well, where's she going to be in three years? She's unaffected by you doing it or not doing it. She just has an opinion, right? We all have opinions these days. But I just always really try to ask myself more questions than just like the underlying quick answer because that's easy. It's so easy for me to say, I'm just too scared. Or it's easy for me to say, I don't know what I'm doing. So it's like, okay, these 25 people who want to do it, They clearly don't know how or what that means. So that's when you need to ask yourself, like, what would it look like if I did do a podcast? Like, go into dreamland a little bit. I always step into dreamland because I'm like, I need a vision for for what I'm wanting to do. Because sometimes it feels we just get paralyzed by thinking about it so much where I'm like, okay, what if I did do it? Where would that take me? Where would that lead me? What would I accomplish? And that, once I get that written down, I'm like, okay, that's good enough for me. What's the next step I need to take? How how can they contact Sean and be like, I want to do it, but what does that look like? You know, because all of that, you can learn how to start a pod. You could go on Pinterest right now and launch a podcast today, right? And so I think that it's just the underlying, the the thoughts that you have, the the true fears that you have rather than just going for it. I think so many people are stuck in perfection land and the oh, internet sure. does that. So the first one's not perfect. Mm-hmm. And I've got to make this big financial investment mm-hmm. to make the perfect first one. Mm-hmm. Then you never get to the the great hundredth one. Right. Joe Rogan has done 1,200 podcasts. <laughs> yes. But it took him 10 years before he was the highest paid podcaster. Yeah. So like, you know this. You've been doing this now almost a whole decade. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You didn't get there overnight. No. You have to have long-term vision for whatever it is. And it's no one really talks about having long-term vision. And so I think that that can be scary, especially when you are dreaming for something bigger and better, because 
no, like when you're surrounded by people who aren't doing that, it makes it even harder, right? It's like crabs in a bucket. Like they're just going to keep pulling you down. You don't even realize this is happening. So there could be someone listening to this and you're like, I, I have goals. I have dreams. I am not necessarily surrounded by the people who would support those things, but that's okay. That I'm not saying you have to be perfect to in any way, but procrastination is a form of perfection, right? We, we try to say we're not perfect at it, but really we're just pr- procrastinating because there's a, another underlying issue, right? And so I think it's the biggest thing is just being consistent. I can look back now. I've been with my new company for a year. I think it's maybe a year today or tomorrow. And I can even a year, I can look back and be like, what? was I, what was I doing? What was I saying? Like, it is laughable, but I'm like, oh, okay. I'll just get like, I'll just get better (laughs) and just get better as I go. But it's just commitment to yourself to always be getting better. I mean, Joe Rogan probably could look back and be like, why did I, did I say what I said or do what I do or look at the mistakes? I mean, I've made so many mistakes in my life and in my business and, and I can look back and be like, whoa, but if I let it derail me, then what's like, what's the point of letting it derail you when it can just teach you to be better and bolder and just bigger than before by taking those failures because we're all failing every single day. We're, we're doing things that we we're, we're falling flat on our face. We are, we're in business. We're putting ourselves out there. You're going to fall flat on your face, but then you're like, okay, I learned, I'm going to learn from that. What lesson can I take away from that? And then turn around and, and do it the right way. When you know better, you do better. And I think um, whether it was school or something else that taught us that Fs were bad, mm-hmm. right? Failure is the worst thing you could ever do because you'll never get to college. You'll never amount yeah. to anything and you'll never get a job yeah. where somebody else pays you to be there. For sure. And I like to look at it and I'm thankful. It's fail, failing forward, yes. right? Yeah, absolutely. And people are scared of failure because, you know, then you have to pick yourself back up and nobody's going to do it for you. Mm-hmm. I think if you can get through the first three, you're fine. Yeah. If you can get through the first three, you're and fine. The first three are tough. Because those are the ones you want to quit. Well, yeah, it's embarrassing. You're embarrassed. You're humiliated. You feel like you're no good. I can look back at moments in my business um, and be like, wow, that was painful. Like, painful. But you just, you have to make a choice. It's like the fork in the road. It's like, which way do you want to go? Do you want to take the easier route and just blame your failure for why you didn't achieve X, Y, and Z? Or do you want to be able to turn around when someone else that you're leading makes the same mistakes you make and you can guide them through that? That's the biggest difference. And I think one of the biggest things that I've learned from Tony Robbins, who's been just incredible and in my growth, learning from him is he always you says Tony Robbins? No, I've oh. just like been to his, I've been to some of his um, events and stuff, but I'm like, I've again invested in those and it's taught me you're either a warning or an example in your, in everything that you do, you're one or the other. And so looking like when I think of my daughter, when I think of looking, like looking her in the face, I want to be an example for her. I don't want to be a warning for her. This is something I think about every single day. And I think about it because when like, if she does something and it just makes me mad, I'm like, my reaction is to just like go off on her, you know, or my husband. But I'm like, I want to be an example. 
And so I just like take a moment, five, four, three, two, one. And I'm like, how, how can I respond in a way that makes me an example? How can I live my life that is an example and not a warning and understanding that you're one or the other, there's no in between. You're either an example or a warning. I want to be an example. I want my life to be an example. I want my grandchildren, my great grandchildren to look at me as an example, not as a warning. And so that's deep. That's, that, is that is deep. But when you think of it that way, it really makes you look at every, how you do it, everything because how you do anything is how you do everything. And so for me, having that, just that thought always in the back of my head, and I'm definitely a warning sometimes, but most of my life, the things I do, the decisions I make is because I want to be an example. Well, I feel like um, from a self-development standpoint, sometimes your old self was the warning. And your oh, self is the example. 100%. I am, I look back at who I was even just a decade ago and I was so broken and I was so lost and I was suffering from anxiety and depression. And, and I was like, there's no way out my, like my financial blueprint. I've had to restructure that completely. I have just had to continuously, even still today, I mean, I'll have things that trigger me and I'm like, whoa, like, why am I thinking like that? And so then I have to remind myself, you know, who I am now is not who I used to be. And so I think that that you can look back at transformation. You can transform in a month. You can transform specific areas in a month, in a year, in six years, in 10 years, in 20 years. I don't even recognize the girl that I used to be. I truly don't. And I think that that's why, like when I told you, I'm like, there's a lot of pain wrapped up in being in Pendleton. I, I learned some of the hardest lessons of my life and I experienced some very traumatic events in my life in this space. But I'm like, I I wouldn't trade any of it because it's it's just made me who I am. And and it's so interesting just looking back and being able to be proud of yourself, right? We all want to feel something bigger because we all want to know that things that we've gone through, they matter right? We want to feel like it wasn't for nothing. And so I think that you have to just continuously stay committed to getting better. Two millimeter shifts is what I, I talk about with my team, with who I'm mentoring all the time. It's like, it's not going to be an overnight transformation, but two millimeters. And the book Atomic Habits has transformed that for me in so many ways as well. Yeah. And now look where you are today. It all it took yeah. was a decade. Yeah. And then what the scary One part decade. is, yeah, you have another, you've got. <laughs> what probably, am I going to do in the next decade? You got it's six like, decades left. I know. I'm just getting started. Just getting started. <laughs> so, um, so we're at 45 minutes and I will give you plenty of time. Be respectful of your time since yeah. you got started late. Yeah. So, um, I'm on your website. I kind of see, you know, you got harps and soul on here. You've got your color match stuff. I want to give you a chance to yeah. talk about your transition to Saint in the last year. Sure. Uh, talk about, you know. Who you're helping now, you know, who are you serving mm -hmm. and um, how can we, you know, maybe get somebody to give you a shout? Yeah, come on over. I, so a year ago I made a d business decision um, to transfer out of my old company and go into a new company that I really felt aligned to, which is called Saint. And so I had to walk away from a team that I've spent almost a decade building, um, all those hours, um, and the income, the residual income, which is one of my favorite things about network marketing is I could have never worked again. And 
been fine, been set up for life. You know, I had to make a decision to walk away from all of it. Um, and I did, I made that choice for myself, for my family. I felt like I had hit kind of that ceiling of as high as I could go. I achieved what all that I could there and that's okay. I'm so grateful for, for that experience and for that company and what it did for my life. It transformed everything for me, but it was time for me to move on to what was next and bigger and better. And so that is Saint, which is a makeup company that I am a part of now and building there tremendously. We're, we're ready and we're going for it. Um, it's already been just really insane. So I am now sharing just this compact makeup. I was a customer for four years and I really studied the business model before getting going. And I understand it so well that I knew it was an opportunity I couldn't miss out on. I just, I just knew it was the time of the company right now just turned six years old. And just my knowledge from the industry as a whole, I was like, this is one of the best decisions for myself that I could make. Um, and so that is what I'm sharing now is all in one compact makeup, which is very fun. I'm having the time of my life and it's so interesting going from health and wellness to makeup. It's been really eye opening, but I think that my, my biggest thing is, you know, we're always being promoted, getting skinny and fit and whatever, but I just want to, I just want to help women be more confident you know, and so it's, it's really been so much fun. I'm loving it. And I also launched a journal line, um, to almost two years ago. And so I have a daily journal, a prayer journal. I have those that are, that business is just kind of flowing as well. Um, but yeah, so I'm on Instagram at Alyssa Marie Alsop, and you can go to harpsandsoul.shop for journals. And of course, if you want a color match, all of those links are in all of my bios on all of my socials. Do you do any like uh, coaching, like coaching calls outside of Saint, like things that you charge for your time? That's just me being. I, I do not mm. yet. <laughs> I was going to say. You have inspired me. Well, I'm pretty sure I just got one for the last 48 <laughs> minutes, so just don't bill me. I'm going to send you a bill. Um, you know, I think that this year we might be stepping into a phase of podcasting, and that's something, again, that you've really inspired me on. I've been thinking about it for a couple of years, um, but I just want to make sure it's something I can truly commit to. I try not to do anything I know I can't give 100% um, into just because I don't want to be half in half out. I want to make sure that my impact is, is dead set. My vision is clear. And so I think that this year might be the year for a podcast. Well, everybody <laughs> go follow Alyssa online, be on the lookout for, you know, maybe something here in the future. Yeah. Thank yeah. you so much. I do appreciate yeah, your help you. for anybody who listened. I will say I probably learned more on this episode <laughs> where I've been more inspired than I have in a lot of episodes. So I'm going to hey, say thank, thank you. Hey, thank you. Time. Thank you so much, Sean, for having me. Bye, guys. Bye.